X3 is the first exercise device to deliver force in line with the variable capabilities of human movement. When you train like this, you go to a far greater level of fatigue, which triggers a commensurate level of growth. Go to x3bar.com and learn more about the professional athletes that use X3 exclusively, as well as many before and after transformations this discovery has caused. Enter the code LIFTSMARTER for $50 off at checkout. That's LIFTSMARTER without a space between the two words for $50 off at checkout. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have a returning guest, Alex Backer, PhD. He's a scientist, an inventor, a writer, a speaker, an entrepreneur. Uh, last time we talked about his book, 101 Clues to a Happy Life, which I started to go through. It is a really great resource. It's a source of tons of ideas. I mean, I can, I can see people that let's you know, on a daily basis, kind of opening the book and just flipping to a random page and, and reading, you know, one of the clues to, to help yourself. I think it's really cool. But today I wanted to talk to Alex about some of his other projects. There's a drone-based one called a Drizzit. So I guess we'll focus on that today. And welcome back, Alex. Thank you, Richard. Great to be here. Yeah, if you would tell me about the, uh, the drone project you're working on. Yeah, it's really, it's really exciting. In fact, I've been talking to people all morning about it, and it's, it's really fun to see people. Who is it? I think it was uh, Arthur C. Clarke who said, any sufficiently advanced form of technology is indistinguishable from magic. And what I have found working in Drizzt is very much that experience. What, think about how what Alexander Graham Bell did for speech with the invention of the telephone. Before his invention, we could only speak to people who are in the same environment or room as we are. And after that, we could talk to anybody anywhere in the world. And now think back to vision now. And even though we're visual animals, for the most part, unless somebody happens to stick a camera somewhere and, and sort of connect us to it, we are limited to seeing what's in front of us. And so what we are working on is changing that, is making humans a species that can see anywhere on Earth at any time on demand. And the way we're doing that is we've created a platform that allows a user to control a drone anywhere on Earth using their phone or any computer. So you can be, can be a world uh, apart. It can be kind of scary. Actually, it's much less scary than I mean, people today are able to fly drones you know, with a remote control. When it when it, you have a platform like ours, it's actually much easier to control it, to, uh, you know, to ground a drone that is that shouldn't be there. But if you just think about it from the perspective, I mean, there are so many applications, right? So, for example, utility companies that have to inspect their infrastructure every year to prevent wildfires from faulty equipment. Today, they send people to inspect each of those manually. Or they fly, mm-hmm. you know, helicopters or airplanes that are tremendously expensive. And to be able to fly a drone from headquarters, from office to go see any of that equipment anywhere is a game changer in the you know, amount of time it saves, amount of money it saves. 
in the frequency of, of inspection that it provides and the accidents it prevents. For search and rescue, being able to you know get there faster and sooner than any human can get there. For agriculture, monitoring of crops and, and farming, monitoring cattle. I mean, the application, construction monitoring, security, insurance inspections, virtual tourism, the applications are virtually endless. Like if you, it's like if you were to ask people what industries, you know, will be touched by the telephone, you know, when the telephone is invented, you know, and people started to, you know, count and, you know, soon enough you realize it's every industry. Everybody can use the power of talking to somebody that's not there. And everybody can use the power to see somewhere that's not there. And so it, the applications are countless. And so we, you know, and we've been starting to show this technology and people are blown away that they can be half away a world, half a world away and flying, you know, this drone in real time, really good resolution, really good responsiveness. And it's like the first time somebody flew one uh, close to my home, they ran into a bear and started chasing the bear, which was super exciting. We ran into this airplane that was hidden in between two buildings. Just the kind of things you see from the air are are incredible. It's a really interesting, you know, birds have a very interesting point of view. So that's what uh, Drizzit is. And so on the one hand, it enables you to control a drone from anywhere. On the other hand, it allows you to stream that footage in real time to any number of people. And then it allows you to create missions that are that are pre-programmed to go in a particular trajectory. And the user can pause the drone at any time, uh, resume it, can control the camera angle to look left, look right, zoom in, zoom out. So that's all. And then you can also create geofences really easily to restrict the, the flight of a drone to a particular area or above a particular height to make sure that it doesn't crash into anything. You know, we've, it's, it's a much safer way to fly drones than the way that people fly it today. What kind of first applications do you think this will be used for, or is it already? So the, the people who've shown most interest initially are utility companies for infrastructure monitoring, farming and agricultures, agriculture companies for monitoring too, construction companies for monitoring security, so for to home security and area security, ocean fishery government regulatory agencies for looking at beach whales and supervising beaches, oil and gas for infrastructure monitoring and those are some of the, and then drone photography more generally so those are some of the initial use cases that we, we're seeing mm. but i think education will be a big one too soon enough like you think about learning about ancient egypt not by reading about it dryly in the books but by drizzling in between the pyramids and it took me to be a grown man to visit ancient egypt it's it's an incredible place it's it's just really amazing and to give people the opportunity to see that from around the world. You know, for any attraction, any tourist destination, what Drizzit does is it allows them to reach a global audience rather than a local one. Think of a place like Stonehenge, for example, right? It's a world-class attraction that everybody knows about and everybody should see. It's an amazing piece mm -hmm. of engineering. But, you know, Asterisk and Obelisk's cousins who built it, they didn't have a foresight to think about putting it close to, you know, well-populated airport, right? So it's in the middle of nowhere in uh, Southwest England. And so it just doesn't get its, its its fair share of visitors. And so think about the ability to let anybody in the world experience it and experience it on, on the best days to experience it, right? On the day that the sun lines up right in the best place. And you see it's a game changer for, for that too, particularly in times of pandemics where this allows people to do it safely from, from home and from anywhere. So what's new and different about your method of control of these drones versus uh, you know, other platforms? Like how are people able to control them anywhere in the world? There is no platform like Drizzit today, right? So, so most drones today are being flown with remote control with people locally right there. And there's certainly nothing there that allows 
you to put out your drone on a platform like Drizzit and allow anybody in the world to pay you to fly your drone. Uh, and so that's what Drizzit does. Okay. Um, are there certain drones that would qualify for your platform and certain ones that won't? Like, do you need a higher end drone in order to have full functional capability or just, no, you know, the drone's abilities are the limiting factor, not the communication platform? Correct. So you don't need a high-end drone. So we we to fly eighty percent of the drones in the uh, in the market, DJI drones, for example. But we can easily add any you know any drone model, and and we will you know we plan to support most drones. But already today, we support about eighty percent of the drones in the, in the market, and and that includes some pretty inexpensive drones, right? The drones that go for from for three eight hundred dollars a drone, and so it's really accessible and affordable. Hmm. Okay. So how far along is this project? Again, are there... Uh... It is active. I was I was just visiting today. There was somebody visiting uh, today, uh, you know, from, from uh, Argentina. There was somebody visiting today from the U.S. Yeah, we uh, it's fully, uh, fully active. It's, uh, it's really exciting. When you exercise with greater force, you trigger greater gains. Shown in 16 out of 16 studies, variable resistance grows muscle faster than weights alone. Go to x3bar.com and learn more about the professional athletes that use X3 exclusively, as well as many before and after transformations this discovery has caused. Enter the code LIFTSMARTER for $50 off at checkout. That's LIFTSMARTER without a space between the two words for $50 off at checkout. Thank you. What about um, swarms of drones, though? Is there, I mean, what are like valid versus non-valid use cases? And, you know, what if this platform gets hacked? And a drone that's apparently supposedly controlled by somebody then gets co-opted by someone else, either overtly or kind of, uh, you know, discreetly in a way. Maybe they're just altering what you're doing with the drone slightly or they're tapping into the footage or, you know, how important is security for this platform? Yeah, so security is very important and, and something to seriously and working very much on. But it's much there's a number of things that make a platform like Drizzit a more secure way to go than the way that drones are being flown today. First of all, the fact that we have a platform that can control a drone means that if any drone needs to be grounded at any time, we can instantly ground it, which is not something you can say for 99% of the drones that are out there today being flown by some anonymous person with a remote control in some anonymous place. So that's the first thing that makes it safer. The second one is that is that we can create geofences to allow the drones to only fly within particular areas. And so any drone can be associated by the drone owner with a geofence that can be easily created with one of our graphical user interfaces so that it can only fly in a particular polygon, only above a particular height. Uh, and so that makes it safer too. And so, yeah, essentially it's it's a much safer way to fly than without having those kinds of controls. Okay. Um, again, are there, what, what use cases would there be for drone swarms where you would control one, two, three, four, five, ten, a hundred, you know, drones at once. And is that doable through your platform? Yeah. So today we're focused on control of drones one by one. So we can control any number of drones in parallel, but but we are not doing anything today specifically around uh, swarms of drones. So it's it's individual control of each drone. In the future, th- th- there may be specific applications for that. But our terms of service only allow the use of drones for you know for peaceful purposes and, and no, uh, you know, no harming of others. So we would not allow any drone to be operated by the network that, that has any uh, harmful capabilities. Hmm. Okay. Where is this headed project? Like, what do you see, uh, you know, the next like version 1.2 or 2.2 or whatever it may be? What features are coming online, you think, soon? 
So one of the exciting things that we've recently added is the ability to uh, zoom on any on any uh, drone and also to let that zoom be controlled by each client so that different people watching the same drone footage can zoom in on different things. So that's one exciting thing that's already there. I think one of the things that is coming is the ability, you know, is, is a ubiquitous network of drones, just like an ubiquitous network of telephones, where you can take off a drone, you know, almost anywhere in the world and be able uh, to see there. So that that's that's part of the vision. Other piece that's coming is machine learning and vision and AI on top of the of the footage so that you can not only see somewhere, but also process it there to, to have intelligence over it. Cows and uh, look for defects, infrastructure, et cetera. So I think that what's coming really is drones as a service where you can really engage a drone to go perform a task for you. So you don't need to be an expert in anything about drones, you are just asking for a specific sort of action to happen. You know, what's coming is is uh, peer-to-peer transportation, right? I need to bring a, a cake to my uh, grandmother or something, and I don't want to brave traffic for it. How much more sustainable is it to uh, carry it with a drone? That's coming. Mm. Do, you, do you see any need for drones working in collaboration, or is, is it more headed towards you know, a drone wants to have everything on board for it to do its particular activities, like a single drone. I think for many applications, you won't need, you know, a single drone will be sufficient. Just like for, you know, many activities, a smartphone is enough or, or a single vehicle is enough. I think that there will be applications where there will be relays, right? Uh, one drone brings it from A to B and another drone takes over and brings something from B to C and so on. I think that there will be a network of charging stations that will that will spring up. And so that would be sort of vital infrastructure. I think there's an opportunity to create those the same way that, that the EV charging network has emerged. Um, but I think it's an incredibly exciting. And from a, from a sustainability point of view, there is so much you know, good to the environment that can happen from preventing unnecessary trips and unnecessary truck trips, right? Where you're just taking the, you know, the one thing that needs to go from A to B directly from A to B instead of in this sort of long merry-go-round travel that eventually ends up at your place. And of course, it makes things way more efficient too. Before we get started, I have a quick favor. I've been self-funding the Finding Genius podcast for five years now. I've done over 3,000 episodes. And as you can see on YouTube, we're up over a million views on the channel, which is fantastic. The next thing I really want to push on is to get up to 10,000 subscribers. Because once we do, we'll be able to put a donate button and uh, we'll be able to solicit donations uh, to help keep the podcast running and to also get the Finding Genius Foundation moving along. We have a big project studying anxiety, depression, and PTSD, and working on a product to help people overcome these problems, uh, because I've seen them explode recently after the, uh, the last two years of the whole virus situation. So if you would, please subscribe to the podcast. That would help us tremendously. Give us a thumbs up. And check in the description for Buy Me a Coffee. It's about five bucks. If you could buy me a coffee, I'd really appreciate it. It would help. Keep the channel going, and I love coffee. Thank you. Yeah, I'm picturing a charging station where there's another drone sitting there charged. The first one comes in and drops its load. The second one pops off the charger, picks it up, and off it goes. The first one now sits in the charger. Now its its role changes. It acts as the backup for another drone that would come in later. Yeah, absolutely. You can you can envision continuous flight where one drone picks up where another one left uh, over, so that you essentially get infinite uh, battery life just based on using you know, uh, relays of uh, drones. 
And so, is there any infrastructure for charging stations right now, or is that like a whole separate area? That, that... yeah, there there is. It's uh, there's a very exciting uh, what we call drone nests that allows you to charge a drone automatically and and take it off remotely using our software from anywhere without any human needing to intervene at all. Right. So you you open up the drone stations so that the drone comes out just like a CD would CD player would open up to, to take out a CD. Then the drone flies off, controlled by you, and it comes back to exactly the same place. You know, the, the landing is extremely precise. And then it, once it lands, it closes the tray and charges, swaps batteries so that you're ready to take off again. Very cool. What are some advances in drone technology that will fit, you know, dovetail nicely with your system? What's new that's coming that you, you know, being an insider now are seeing in the drone world? I think real-time peer-to-peer communication between drones so that drone safety is greatly enhanced by by having each drone aware of any other drone that's flying. And so, you know, today, drones are already extremely safe because they use machine vision to prevent collision. But we can go beyond vision by actually beaming location to every other drone in the vicinity to make sure that you wisely use the 3D space of sky to prevent collisions. And that will be way safer than than manned flight is today. Yeah, it seems like uh, drones are just, you know, miniature versions of helicopters and airplanes and, you know, any other aircraft. I guess they'll, I don't know, their interaction and maybe their regulation and their activity will mirror, you know, larger vehicles. But then they'll have advantages because they're small. And I guess, you know, multiple ones can be used in certain situations that uh, I guess they'll just expand the capability of, of various aircraft. I mean... Do you see that? Do you see drones being paired with, you know, more macro type aircraft, you know, helicopters, airplanes, et cetera? I'd, I know in the military they seem to be doing this with tanks and other types of, you know, large armaments. But do you see that with with commercial applications where drones are like piggyback onto, you know, larger vehicles, larger uh, aircraft? I think they can, but I think more often than that they will just replace a larger aircraft. I mean, drones are so much, many orders of magnitude cheaper than than a helicopter or a plane that there's really no reason to bring the uh, the helicopter or aircraft along. Okay, and why do you call it uh, drizzit? What does that mean? Uh, drizzit is a word we invented to or we coined to mean dr- a drone visit. As in, have you ever been to Greenland? No, but I drizzited there last week. Oh, I see what you mean. Or the drone visits you, it, it uh, you know, it visits you. I see. Yeah, either way. I, I mean, I'm tremendously excited about the virtual travel applications. You know, you ask people what their favorite things to do in, in life are. And I have seldom met people who don't list travel among their top three or five favorite things. And then you ask them, well, how, how often do you do th- those favorite things? And then they say, well, I spend time with my kids every day. And I spend time with my partner most every day and I travel, you know, once or twice a year. Um, and then you're like, whoa, like there's this is huge imbalance between sort of the demand for travel and the supply of how often people get to do it. And the reason is that it's hugely expensive in time and money. Uh, and so Drizzit has a potential to change all of that. You could literally say, let's let's go for a quick trip around the globe, you know, on a Friday evening instead of watching yet another you know, series of, um, you know, some uh, Netflix series. And I think that will bring people of the world and the places of the world closer together, which I think is a great thing to do. And I guess, you know, there's a difference between live footage and saved footage, you know. So if a drone is making a, a journey from, you know, A to B and it goes over, let's say, rural or beautiful, natural areas, if it saves the footage, 
I mean, people could view that. They don't need to necessarily take out a drone each time to, you know, view the footage on their own. And maybe that would be a lower price point. And then if you want actual real-time footage that you capture, let's say by, you know, by navigating your own drone, that would be interesting to do too, you know? Yeah, so we, we save all the footage. And so we're essentially building a sidecars of the world. So for any location, you can look at how it looked, uh, you know, a week ago or a day ago or any time in the past. Uh, so you're right, that that is itself very uh, useful. But there's a, there's, there's a lot to be said for real time uh, and for being able to control, right? The, the human brain is so much more um, apt to engage when they have the opportunity, when, when it has the opportunity to control something in real time and engage in it, right? So it's one thing to sit back and, and relax and watch a movie. It's a completely different thing when you have the opportunity to go left, go right, follow this animal that just emerged, follow this whale, look at this interesting viewpoint, look at the fire that's emerging. So there's there's a lot of reasons why real time is, is so much more interesting than historical. Well, very good. Where can people find out more about Trizit and participate in the you know in the network or the protocol? Yeah, so you can go to our, our website at drizit.com. That's D-R-I-S-I-T, uh, just as in drone visit. And there's a form to sign up there to get an invitation to uh, start using our platform. Uh, you know, right now it's by invitation only, but people mentioned that they heard it here. We'll make sure to uh, to prioritize them getting access to the platform. There's a lot of first responder applications too, right? So for for fire fighting, for for law enforcement. I mean, think about think about what happened in Uvalde, for example, right? The horrible actions in Uvalde, in Texas. And the bad decisions that were made by local law enforcement that that you know waited for an hour before storming in, you know how much of a better decision could have been made had more trained, experienced leadership that were offsite been able to have all of the information that the people on the ground had. Right. So imagine if every police car brought a drone connected to the Drizzt platform with it, and people were able to not only see around corners but also sort of broadcast it to leadership uh, in, in, at headquarters so that decisions could be made in a more informed way with, with more experienced people. More. It, that's a game changer, too. Yeah, definitely. Action of, again, police, firefighters, uh, et cetera. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, very good. Alex, thanks so much for coming back on the podcast. And it's a really cool project. Um, when do you think that uh, this is going to be widespread in commercial use? I think it's going to happen sooner than you think, you know, and, and I think that it may start in some more remote regions of the world, you know, that are that are faster with the regulations. But I think soon enough, it's such a powerful technology that the whole world will want to benefit from it. Very good. Well, at least again, thanks for coming back on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Richard. It's a pleasure. Remember, before you go, X3 is the device that would give you the body you want one that your partner and your kids will admire you like you're a superhero. Go to x3bar.com and learn more about the professional athletes that use X3 exclusively, as well as many before and after transformations this discovery has caused. Enter the code LIFTSMARTER for $50 off at checkout. That's LIFTSMARTER without a space between the two words for $50 off at checkout. Thank you. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. 
This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.